Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Gee, wasn't the market, or hasn't the market been interesting the last couple of weeks? You know, it was you know, a bit bearish for a while, then it's been bullish for a while, and it's been interesting, you know, and, and I did expect volatility on our marketplace, and if you haven't seen my YouTube market reports, please get onto our YouTube channel. Um, just go to YouTube and type in the search Wealth Within TV, and you'll find all our videos there where Jenna and I are talking about the stock market, the Australian stock market. We also do our live YouTube streaming show, the Australian stock market show. We do that live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time or Melbourne time. Whatever time Melbourne is, it's 7 p.m. Melbourne time every single Tuesday, and you can send us emails in. And we answer and look at stocks for you. So you could send emails into info at Talking Wealth. Sorry, info at Wealth Within. Sorry, info at wealthwithin.com.au and say, hey, Dale, you know, I'm looking at BHP, blah, blah, blah. And Janine and I will have a good look at it. But if you haven't found it, go to our YouTube channel and, uh, you know, give us a like and a big thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you on there and, and tell your friends about it. But I wanted to get in today to talk a little bit about herd mentality. And I know you if you've been listening to our podcast for long enough, you I would have you would have heard me mention the term and Janine mentioning the term and you may have heard it somewhere else, but I'm talking about human psychology and you know, what goes on and I'm gonna do a couple of podcasts. My next one's on a, understanding your brain a little bit and, and saying how, you know, we get caught up in this sort of stuff. But I wanted to handle it simply because unless you've been under a rock or you've stopped breathing and if you stop breathing you're probably not listening. Um, you know, you would have heard uh, a company about a company called GameStop and how that was ramped up by um, retail traders to get back at hedge funds in the US, and it was ramped up by a subreddit forum um, and everybody buying in, and there was always, hey, we're getting back at the big end of the town, blah 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 blah. And whilst I applaud the effort to to do that, um, you know, to me, don't it's it's and a sort of like a David Goliath battle, you know, David being the 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 retail traders pushing GameStop or the stock price of GameStop up, you know, thousand percent or more, um, they would have felt that that was a big win. But the interesting thing is what they've done is actually caused a lot of people to lose money. And it sounds really strange that I'm actually saying that, but if you watch Janine and I, we did this, uh, we actually covered this subject on our um, live stream on YouTube on Tuesday, um, I think Tuesday the 2nd of February, so if you listen to this in March, April, May or whatever it is or whenever you're listening to it, you can go back to the first Tuesday in February, which I think was the 2nd, 
and have a good look at what we talk about in our topic for that show. Um, and we do pull it apart. We bring up a chart of game, stop, uh, etc., and show exactly what's going on with the herd mentality on there and when most people would have bought into that stock is when most of the run was already over. Um, and only history will tell whether they've made money, but my guess is most of them won't sell or wouldn't have sold uh, because they're not making a lot of money and they would have hoped the short squeeze was going to keep going on. And then when it fall away, falls away or started to fall away on them and they started to losing money, then they would have gone... Oh. I know I'm losing money now. When it gets back up to what I paid for it, I'll get out then. You know, because people, human emotions don't change. And you probably heard me say that a thousand times on these podcasts. We run on fear and greed. That's it. Simple. That's what we do. And this is really why the stock market, whilst we have people saying this is, you know, the new norm is to accept this. Well, not necessarily. There's just the speed of information has gone faster. But people were doing this thousands of years ago whether it's trading rocks and stones or whether it was in you know 17 or 1800s with you know the whole tulip mania thing that we've heard about which is actually wasn't really what we heard about um but i've been the whole time i've been in the stock market i've seen things being ramped it's just normal stuff um it just happens a little bit faster nowadays and and it's a hell of a lot more public because 20 years ago we didn't have all the chat forums. We didn't have all this social media ad in the palm of our hand with people tweeting, posting on Facebook, YouTube videos, blah, 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 blah. Everything just bombarding us. This is what's happening. 20 years ago, we didn't have it. I didn't have, you know, I had a mobile phone 20 years ago, but it didn't have access to the internet. And uh, if you're a little bit older like me, I'm not too old, but if you're a little bit older like me, you know, I didn't have my first mobile phone until I think I was 30. So nowadays... You know, they're getting kids are getting them. You know, before they almost get into double digits on their age. Um, so, but you understand why this emotion is there and and fast. And I'll go into a little bit about GameStop, and I don't want to sort of cover a lot of the territory that other people have. Um, but it really is about noise, and it's about herd mentality. And it's also about understanding you a little bit to a large degree. Now, what happened with GameStop is that a subreddit forum, so Reddit, um, a forum or sub-forum within Reddit, which uh, wanted to get back at the hedge funds, put it out that, hey, buy GameStop, let's create a short squeeze, let's get back at the big end of town, blah, blah, blah. So they started pushing the stock. Um, and the stock price started going up as retail traders were buying it. They were buying it on some of the apps like Robinhood apps and other places where they had apps ramping it up. And what happens is like a snowball, you get a few people start off and then all of a sudden it goes bang. And remember, we only can trade between 10 and 4. That's it um, on the marketplace. So people are getting on to these chat forums at night when they go home and they're seeing GameStop go up. 30, 40, 50% and they're seeing these forums saying buy it, we're doing a short squeeze is going to go through the roof. Then the next morning they've got all these trades coming on and what happened is you see between one day and the next there's this massive gap between the closing price of one day and the opening price of the next day and that's really what I was saying a lot of people that bought it the masses tend to buy in the end, not the beginning. So when the runs already happen and everybody knows about it, that's when it, these, the masses jump into it. And the masses tend to jump in at the end, not at the beginning. So they enter at the top and get out at the bottom. And we know that. That's history repeating itself. We've seen that so often. You know, they, there's an old saying that the amateurs buy at the top and the professionals buy at the bottom. So those ramping it with the most to make 
were pushing it and they'd already bought in and then they started pushing that stock for their betterment and they would have been selling out as the masses were getting in. Now, hedge funds have been doing sorts of things like this or the big end of town, if you like, have been doing this sort of thing by ramping stocks or shorting stocks and creating those markets and manipulating the market. They do that and I understand 100% the... Um, motivation behind the subreddit forums and the motivation behind the retail traders to get back at the beginner town because I'm 100% against hedge funds, algorithmic, high-frequency trading, all that because I, it does not make a fair market and it should not be allowed. That's my opinion and it's also Janine's opinion. We hate seeing that sort of stuff happening because it really is to the detriment of the man on the street, if you pardon me using the term man, I mean person on the street, if that makes sense, the average citizen of any of country, whatever it is. And so what we're seeing is a lot of people getting in at the wrong time. Now, you know, now time will tell what happens with GameStop with their price, but the fundamentals aren't there to support the higher price. They're just not there. So whilst it might be a nice company and it's, it's, you know, it's doing all sorts of different things, being a leader in physical gaming, like selling gaming CDs and everything else, and it is taking a move into the online space for games. So there's some positives there, but is it worth the price that it was being bought at? No, it's not. So it's going to come back to fundamental value. That's just going to happen. And when that happens, people lose because the majority of people that would have bought in wouldn't have been making much money uh, over those few days and into this week. If it fall or fell away below their buy price, we know 90% of people won't sell because they don't, if they fear, have, they fear making a loss and they fear being wrong. So there's two things that they fear, so they hang on and stay, and you may have experienced that yourself. I hope you haven't. But so they hang on, and then what happens is they go for the ride all, all the way back down. And we've seen, I've seen so many people. So I, I say to them, Why did you buy that stock? And they go, oh, It was a good trade. And I said, So now it's a bad investment. Is that what you're telling me? So they turn what they thought was going to be a big winner, a big trade. They've kept it, it's gone up, it's come back down again, and it goes sideways for years, not making them any money or keeping them in a loss situation. And that's really what turns a possible great trade into a longer-term investment because they don't want to sell to realise the loss, which would then validate that they made a poor decision or an emotional decision. And again, that's what I think these quite a lot of these GameStop investors would be experiencing. The other point is obviously Robin Hood about, you know, they getting involved in it and obviously Robin Hood stopped after a little while stopped the trading of people buying into GameStop and they're legally allowed to do that because obviously a lot of people don't understand what game um, Robin Hood is. Um, it's just an app and obviously they put green and red buttons on it and make it so easy to buy and sell without turning your brain on and, uh, and the people buying this stock um, I'm not saying all of them, but generally they are more younger, and I'm talking under 35 because I'm a bit older than that. And but what they are, majority of them are, are quite inexperienced, and some of them might be, you know, if some of them were listening to this podcast, they'd be going, "Well, that's offensive, Dale. I'm experienced." But what I found is the majority of retail traders don't have the sophistication that they need, um, and it's not to be negative. I'm just saying, and especially guys, we have a cognitive bias. We think we're better, bigger, stronger, smarter, blah, 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 than 
then you know, and we're not going to get burnt. Well, you do, and we do get burnt, and we're we're always afraid of being wrong and making mistakes and and losing money. That's that's just natural human emotions. And I've had that argument with so many people through in the Bitcoin boom. You know, in two thousand and seventeen, I had so many people telling me that, oh, look, I know what I'm doing. Da 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 da. You know, Bitcoin's going to go forever. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I've been making money. I made this much, and and every single time I said to them, how much money is in your bank account? Not in Bitcoin. How much is in your actual bank account and they go I've not taken any money out and I said well if you haven't taken any money out of Bitcoin then you haven't made a cracker and it's the same with the stock market if you're in the stock market yes the price of the shares you have may be at a higher price than you bought them but it doesn't mean you've made any money until the money comes back into your hands meaning in your bank account which is a capital guaranteed money cash in your hand you're not made a cracker because whilst the market is controlling the price of whatever you've got then it's not your money, if that makes sense. Because today you might have, let's say it's you know four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock in the afternoon, and you've got X Y Z shares, and it says you know you're up twenty percent on what you paid for it. Tomorrow morning that might open up fifty percent down. You eroded your twenty percent, and you sell it the next morning because you don't want to lose any more money. You sell it, then whatever's left is what you've actually made or lost. So until you realise it and you close out a position, you don't have any money. And a lot of retail traders don't understand that. It's always about oh, I've done this, and a lot of people, as as I said, they'll turn a possible good trade into a long-term investment because they're fearing selling. But what happens with these Robinhood traders? And again, I'm not trying to be rude to anybody and I'm not saying anything against Robinhood because it's an app. That's what it does and its job is to make money. And how it makes money is when you place a trade on Robinhood, it's commission-free and everybody flocks to it thinking it's commission-free. But I'm going to ask you a question. Do you work for free? And I can guarantee you telling me, Dale, no, I don't work for free. Does the company you work for, does they not charge for their services? And the answer again would be, yeah, they do. Why? Because they've got to pay rent, they've got to pay electricity, all the things around that, um, you know, and they've got to pay their employees, their superannuation, all that sort of stuff. So nothing is free. So if you're getting commission-free broker, that commission-free trading, somebody's making money, somebody's got to be paying Robin Hood or any of those apps that are commission-free. I know there's some in Australia as well. Somebody's paying for that. So what's happening with Robin Hood is they're sending your trade to a broker so Robinhood aren't actually doing the trade for you. They're sending it to another broker, to a broker. And that broker is paying for those trades, for that volume going through them. Now, why would a broker who makes money by buying and selling for uh, some other for you, why would they be paying for your trade? That doesn't make sense. How are they making money? And they're making money out of you from multiple different ways from that volume going through, whether they're trading against you or whether they're buying with these, you know, these algorithmic trading where they um, or high frequency trading where they're dropping in and buying the stock before you do and selling it to you at 0.1 or 0.2 of a cent higher or whatever it is. But that's what they're doing. They're making money out of you somewhere. So your buy and sell is not as good as what it could be or something else. They're making money out of you or they're manipulating you if that makes sense. So by suggesting you to do X or Y and going through that app and then getting a green button and hitting it, you could be doing X and you're playing into their hands. The best way to make money consistently is to pave your own course, is to go your own journey, 
understand what you're doing, understand why you're buying, understand the stock, understand why you, how you're going to manage it, understanding where you're going to exit. And this is what I find a lot of people don't do. And as I said a bit earlier, I'm not trying to be rude to younger people, but they tend to be the majority of those people on those sorts of apps. And again, it's just history repeating. You know, I've seen this so many times over 20, 30 years of people thinking they're bulletproof and following a herd and eventually they lose because if you break rules and you emotionally invest and trade and you make money then it's making you inclined to do that again the next time but and maybe the next time and you might be lucky two or three times but then you won't be lucky and you'll you'll double up or you'll triple up and then you'll blow everything and then you'll go oh, this trading sucks i'm not going to do it anymore um, so be very, very careful. But getting back to Robinhood, it really is, it was really is, a, not Robinhood, sorry, um, game stop. Just to give you a little bit more information around that, um, as far as Australia is concerned, uh, that's a US stock game stop. And it had a stock code GME or G for Greg, M for Mary, E for Echo. People in Australia were buying a stock code called GME, which was a mining stock not GameStop. So that was very highlighting the, the, again, inverted commas, ignorance of a lot of people. They weren't even, in Australia, they weren't even buying the stock, the right stock, and GME in Australia went up 85% over those three or four days that GameStop was moving before it fell away because people actually figured out that they are actually buying the wrong stock. And again, in the US, Elon Musk was tweeting about an, an um, a uh, messaging company saying to people, don't use WhatsApp, use this one. And then a stock code, a, a stock with the same name that was listed in the American Stock Exchange went up, I think, 1,400% in 24 hours. The stock that he was talking about is not even listed. You cannot buy into the company he was talking about. All he was saying is don't use WhatsApp, use this. That's all he was talking about. So, But all these retail investors were buying a stock that was completely unrelated to what he was talking about. Again, showing the mass ignorance or that mass psychology of this herd mentality jumping in on something and it just went up and then it would would have fallen just as heavily on the other side when everybody realised that they'd actually got the wrong stock because everything will come back to fundamental value but when you follow when you follow other people you get what they get and history repeats as I keep saying is, is the people that speculate like that will get burnt and you'll end up having a lot less than you started with. So again, nothing replaces knowledge, experience and understanding what you're doing and staying away from these sorts of ramping it. And when I'm teaching and mentoring traders, the biggest thing that I teach them is to manage their psychology. And I will get into that over the next couple of podcasts, but what I'm teaching them is always make up your own mind and determine for yourself what you want to do and how you're going to do it and make sure you've got the knowledge and experience to be able to do that. And you do that by blocking out all of the noise. And all of the noise is things such as the media, the chat forums, all sorts of reports and recommendations and everything else. If you get rid of all of that and focus on who you are and what you know and what you can do and what you can confirm, then you'll be a far better investor and trader. If you don't, you'll be a much more emotional investor and trader and you'll be subjected to the herd and the herd mentality and you'll be enticed into things. That may work sometimes, but when it doesn't work, it'll take your money. And that's why I find the biggest thing that people come to us with is they're inconsistent. They might make money for a month or six months or even 12 months or even two years on something like Bitcoin because it's been going up for six, seven, eight months and people buying that at the moment are thinking they're bulletproof. But the sure, sure, as, sure as, I can't even say that, as sure as the sun rises and sets, Bitcoin will crash again. It will. No doubt in my mind. Will the stock market crash again? Absolutely. 
it's nothing more certain than the stock market will crash again. But when? I think the Bitcoin will crash some, maybe this year, maybe next year, but it will crash again and people will lose. Um, the stock market will crash again and when it does people will lose because again that's that thinking that we understand and we're better than what we are and um, if you're somebody that thinks you can't lose or that you know hey bitcoin's the it and a bit and you know there's nothing you know, dale's wrong etc etc then maybe maybe there's this that little thing inside you going well hmm but what if he's right and how are you going to um, react to certain things that are going on? And that's the point. It's not what happens when the market's bullish and everything's sun, this, everything's sunny and everything's rosy. What happens when the proverbial hits the fan, which it will do on Bitcoin, it will do so on the stock market. I'm not, as I said, I'm not even saying the market's going to crash now. I'm just saying we're starting to see the signs of these bubbles happening with what happened with the Robin Hood and GameStop, etc., and these ramping of stocks. And whilst it doesn't happen as much in Australia because of our laws and regulations, it still happens. So, But we're seeing the signs of this bubble happening, and the more we see, the more likely it is it will start to crash. So be careful out there. Nothing will replace knowledge and experience, as I said. Um, that's it for this podcast. I really do hope you enjoy it. But as or as I said to you, find our YouTube channel, Wealth Within TV. Get onto that. Um, if you've got a question you want us to answer on the YouTube, please, info at wealthwithin.com.au. But for now, please take care. Stay safe. Um, hopefully you stay safe away from COVID. If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's for the benefit of everybody. But have a fantastic week until next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.